Hello, everyone. My name is Doug Woodard, executive coach with Advisor Game Plan. Welcome to the Thriving Sports Podcast, our public podcast available to everyone. We do have two podcasts. Number one is a client-only private podcast called Thriving Coaches. And number two is this public podcast available to everyone. In this public podcast, in each episode, we'll be talking to a successful coach or leader about specific ways they enhanced their team's culture and player development, as well as many other valuable topics. And I'm Brian Willett, founder and CEO of Advisor Game Plan. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to sit back and learn from each of these episodes with these amazing coaches. Thank you for joining us as we dive deeper into these areas that can lift a team from average to good to great. Hello, everybody. Very fortunate day to be joined by Coach Jim Simons, Omaha Westside Boys Head Coach, uh, 1996 Westside grad, which puts him about in his 23rd year, I believe, at Westside. Actually became the, the school's fourth varsity head coach back in 2017, hard to believe, uh, six years ago. Last year, won a state tournament teams at Westside. Uh, he's obviously beloved in the Westside community, and not the least of which is due to his obvious love and concern that he does have for his players. So, Coach, welcome, and, and uh, maybe you can start out talking about, uh, I believe you, you got your start coaching at Westside in those early years as a youth coach. We're going to talk a lot about that foundational level of coaching today, so maybe you can talk about your experience at that level. Well, thanks. Thanks for thanks for having me. You, you did a little bit of research there. So, um, yes, well, unfortunately, in several of those state tournaments, we, we kept running into this old coach at Bellevue <laughs> West that's given us uh, some trouble in the state tournament. So it's, uh, it's good to be here, um, and obviously what you guys are – are doing, I think, for for young coaches and you know emerging, growing coaches is a great thing and something that you know for coaches to be able to learn from from your experiences will will, will certainly be beneficial for them. And yeah, you're 23 for me in education. This will be the start of year seven as the as the head coach. It's it, it's crazy. It you know, doesn't seem that long ago. Like you referenced in 2001, my first year uh, teaching and in, in coaching, I was I was coaching a fifth grade junior Warriors team and. You know, I, I talk to our feeder coaches, you know, annually about that, and I wasn't very good. Um, a, a good friend of mine, Matt West, who had just finished up playing at Creighton, and and Doctor West, the, now Doctor Matt West, we were we were co-coaches. We were two 23-year-olds who were pretty confident in our coaching ability. We were not very good coaches. Uh, our team was was okay, and they probably were held back by the the two 23-year-olds who thought they knew it all. So, uh, you know, I think these things and and uh, an ability. For for young coaches to learn from, uh, you know, people like yourself and people who've got some experience will be will be very helpful because there were, I thought I knew a lot uh, at 22, 23. Uh, Matt thought he knew a lot, and we kind of laugh about it today. We neither one of us probably knew near as much as what we thought. Well, that's and we we rarely do, and I think usually those years after you get out of college, uh, it's amazing what you figure out you don't know uh, sometimes. Coach, maybe you can give us a short summation how fall conditioning uh workouts individual workouts that kind of thing has gone and kind of a brief overview and what you're looking for this season well we're excited about our group we've got 
a number of seniors who have a ton of experience in our program, which is always nice. We, we've had a good fall. You know, I think as coaches, we always joke about sometimes this is the best time of the year. Sometimes your most favorite time of the year. You know, we haven't lost a game yet. Nobody's upset about playing time <laughs> and who's starting and you know, nobody's had a bad shooting night yet or anything like that. So uh, spirits are usually pretty high. Um, so so it's a good time of year, uh, you know, and you get to really spend a lot of time with your guys without maybe the pressure of of the season and games that are upcoming and, and those types of things. So you're just really focusing on trying to build those relationships with them and you know, trying to get them better both individually and, and collectively and making sure they get off to a good start in the school year and, and all those things. So we get started, I think, uh, the second to last week, August. So um, towards the end of August, with the first week or two, we spend in the weight room, um, just entirely in the weight room. And then as we get to the end of August and early September, we get on the court um, with kind of a mixture of four-man skill workouts and, and open gym pickup. We probably don't play as much open gym pickup as other people do and as much as our players would like. You know, it's been a conscious decision we've made. Uh, you know, we're fortunate enough. We have so many kids who play so much basketball year-round. You know, our guys are are playing November to March. We hope into March with us, and then it jumps right into AAU in late March and April and May, and then we hit it hard in June, and then they're back to AAU in July. Uh, you know, I think there's, you know, a little bit of time is, is good to just, you know, so we don't play as much pickup, uh, like I said, as I think they'd probably like in the fall, but we do a ton of four-man skill building stuff, and I know that stuff we're going to talk about today, I think stuff that's just critical. We've not, over the years, been blessed with a ton of size. We're a little bigger this year than we have been, so we've just tried to, uh, the skill work that we do, we think is really, really important to maybe overcome a lack of size and a lack of strength that we've had at times over the last six or seven years. And we've been fortunate enough to have some really skilled kids and that's helped us do that. But but it's a good group. You asked about this year's group. Um, you know, we've got four seniors, Kevin Stubblefield, CJ Mitchell, Caleb Benning. Those three have been varsity players at Westside. This will be their fourth year. And then Ricky Lofton, who, who came to us after a sophomore year, is a, will be a, his first two years at South and now two years here. So we have four seniors who have played four years of varsity basketball, which is, is pretty rare. That um, is that rare. group that is that experienced. And then a fifth senior in Maddox Anderson, who is a JV kid as a freshman. So we've got five seniors who have been, you know, in a varsity JV practice for, for four years. Um, and then, you know, some other, you know, juniors and a sophomore here or there that we also think will contribute. So it's an experienced group. They know me for better or for worse. They're used to, you know, all of us as coaches, I think are in some ways a creatures of habit and they're used to my habits and kind of the expectations. So that part's been good. You know, the, the leadership that, that CJ and, and Kevin have displayed, especially this fall has been good. We don't see Caleb as much because of football, but the leadership has been really good on their part. So uh, we're, we're healthier than what we were last year at this time. We've, we fought a ton of injuries last year, which, you know, we thought kind of set us back probably a little bit um, at the beginning of the year. And, and knock on wood, we've, we've been healthier. So it's, it's been a good fall. That's great to hear. Coach, you, you talked about skill, and I want to talk about maybe maybe a skill to player, I think you might say, as, as you've had um, Jaden Booth, who uh, last year was a uh, All-American at Florida Southern, and and uh, his attention to fundamental details, and assuming that you would agree that this focus on found, especially at the foundational level, that the focus on skill development is absolutely crucial. And if, if we talk about that, foundational skills is a basic set of basketball skills necessary to provide a solid foundation 
for players and teams. And that includes, obviously, footwork, ball handling, passing, receiving, shooting, cutting and screening, rebounding, and individual defense. And these development of those areas is critical for a, a proper development of a young player. Maybe talk about Jaden, I guess, in, in, in relationship to, to watching somebody really walk that out. Yeah, Jaden is as skilled as a player as I've certainly ever coached, and in our opinion was when he was here. He's as skilled as anybody uh, statewide. Now, you know, I think the biggest compliment, I was actually just talking about this last week to our guys, I think the biggest, one of the biggest compliments that coach can give a player is we all at some level, where you, whether it's biology or you believe in a kind of higher power, we, we have a certain level that I think we can get to as a, as a player. You know, and I think if you can the end of your career, where it's your high school career, your college career, if you're lucky enough to play professionally, say, I got whatever it was that was in me. I got that out of myself. You know, I, I got everything I could. I think that's a great compliment to a player. And Jaden, more than any kid I've been around, gets everything out of what his physical abilities are. And it's because of the tireless work that he's done for a long time on his skills. And I, I just think Jaden, when he walked away from Westside, and I'd imagine when he walks away from Florida Southern, his coaches there would say what we said. I mean, Jaden couldn't have gotten much more out of himself. I probably had kids at Westside who've been athletically more talented than Jaden, but his attention to detail and the skill building that he's done for a long time were just allowed him, I think, to just maximize himself. And, And what a great... I think compliment anything you do in life. I mean, be able to say I, I made the absolute best out of what I could be. I, I really maximized myself, and that's and that's been Jaden's legacy at Westside, uh, you know, since he's left, and it's obviously continued at Florida Southern. And you know, but you hit upon it. I think it started at an early age. I mean, I would love for people to think I am just you know look at Jaden, and that's that's all my teaching, my coaching. Uh, you know, uh, you know the skill work that we do at Westside. I mean couldn't have a better advertisement for your skill work than him. And, you know, I certainly think we had, you know, in, in our own, in our ways helped him. Um, and I would hope he would agree with that, that he became a more skilled player at Westside, but he came to us as a really, really skilled player. And he's, you know, I, I just think as a prime example of honestly, where I was very bad, you know, we joke about when I was 23, 24 years old, starting out in coaching, coaching a fifth grade, sixth grade team. And, and, and Matt and I, joke about it to this day. I mean, our, our focus was on winning. Um, we were competitive guys. We were young guys. We, you know, we thought the winning at a fifth and sixth grade level was a reflection on our coaching. And you know, we ran a, a bunch of stuff that was too complicated for fifth and sixth graders. We had too many out of bounds plays. We had too many quick hitters. Uh, you know, we, we tried to, uh, you know, the game was really about us as coaches at, at that age. And, uh, you know, Jaden's probably fortunate he didn't, you know, that he played for me in, as a high school player and not as a youth player, uh, because 20, 25 years ago, uh, Jaden wouldn't have gotten that skill work that he got when he was younger if he'd been playing for me. So, uh, but it was very obvious, you know, when Jaden was at Westside Middle School, he was he was scrawny, he was undersized, wasn't very strong, wasn't physically very developed, but he was a very skilled kid at that point in time, and, and he came to us just all the stuff you said. He's uh, Tremendous shot maker, um, which everybody can see, um, but his footwork is outstanding. Tremendous. That, that might be, you know, what really separates him is his ability to get off 
shots in so many different ways. And um, create space even after his use of the dribble through the pivot and faking is as good as I've ever seen. Yeah, and that's, and that's you know, like I said, I'd love to take credit for that. And do we do some things to work footwork and stuff like that? Yeah, sure we do. But he came to us awful skilled. And I just think, you know, big credit to his family, both his, his father and his older brother. Spent a lot of time with him. He played at OSA for a number of years. And, uh, you know, obviously some of it's, you know, a lot of it's Jaden. Right? I mean, Jaden is such a hardworking, tireless kid. I mean, I, even when he's back now, you know, when he's back from Florida, it's hard to get him out of the gym. And, that, and that's been that way his whole life. I mean, you know, but he had people there who were instructing him in the things that were important. And, and, and that skill level that he has is carried out, you know, he's, in my opinion, was an all-state player in high school as a senior. He's one of the five, six best players in the state uh, and an All-American um, at the Division II level. And I know he's going to have opportunities to play beyond college because of the skill level. He, you know, athletically, he's gotten better. He's gotten stronger. Uh, you know, but he's a guy, if you saw walking down the street, uh, you know, he's, he's not somebody that's, you know, going to wow you genetically with things that, you know, are, are so out of the ordinary. But, boy, you put a ball in his hands or you, or you watch his footwork and it really wows you. Well, and, and it's just so impressive that, uh, and, and I don't want to short, short change him on the athletic side of things, but obviously he's not 6'5", he's not overly long, you know, things that the, the coaches kind of drool over. He doesn't have incredible verticality or, or unbelievable side-to-side quickness. But he's overcome that, and, and, and those things aren't bad. He has he's, he has good levels of those things. But as you say, I think the reason he's become such a player is because of his focus and attention to detail. And it could be such a, uh, I, to me, an inspiration for younger players uh, to watch uh, and to learn from a guy like that. And uh, I obviously had to be a pleasure to coach him. Yeah, like you said, I mean, there's guys that just have some natural things, whether it's biology or a higher being that that's good stuff. Coach, can you can you maybe help identify any, I guess we'll call them landmines that you think might intrude on this focus in youth foundational level basketball, uh, whether it be you, you, you alluded to a couple of them. Uh, winning at the expense of development, uh, slotting players into maybe a position that their size would seem to dictate at that age. But then again, who knows who's going to grow, who's not going to grow. Too much time on set plays, on on baseline out-of-bounds plays, that kind of thing. Anything that typically might cause an unhealthy approach that coaches, young coaches especially, but not exclusively just young coaches would want and need to avoid at that level? I think all the above, you know, all the things that you mentioned. One, we're all competitive. Uh, We all want to win. I certainly was guilty of it when I was a younger coach, whether it was coaching lower levels in high school or, or, you know, back in my start at coaching the youth. I, I, I think we're all competitive, especially younger coaches when you first get into it and, and, and realizing that the winning and losing, especially at the youth level, is, is not a reflection uh, of, of your coaching. And I was I was tied into that, you know, of thinking, boy, I, I'm this hot shot young coach and uh, we're losing, you know, like, I, how is this happening? And, and I, I think that's the biggest one is to realize, you know, I think sometimes your greatest successes when you're coaching youth basketball is you know, what do those guys become? You know, I think the guys who coached Jaden when he was younger, Mike Mackey and his brother Jevin specifically, should take great pride in 
in what Jaden's become. And quite honestly, I think they won a lot of games because he's on a good OSA team, but nobody's going to remember what, what the record was when, when he was younger playing, you know. Um, you know, I remember that age group when I was coaching in youth, uh, Antoine Young was that age. And, you know, they won a heck of a lot of games. But, you know, what Antoine became as a player, a lot more meaningful than whatever games he did or didn't win as a fifth or sixth grader, you know. And so I, I think getting coaches to understand it's maybe a delayed gratification you know i mean it may not be instant but if you can look back and you know what if you're coaching a a silver or a bronze level team you know can you get those kids where they've got the skills where they can maximize that talent maybe that talent is making a freshman team uh as a freshman in high school you know if you're coaching a a silver or gold level team maybe that's you know can a kid have the skill level to make a JV team or a varsity team as a freshman or go on to do some things in college and, and and get the gratification there knowing that you laid that foundational, you know, that floor, you know, that allowed them to develop into the player they were, whether or not you won or lost games, because we all can get tied into it. But trust me, I'm, I'm living proof. I have no idea what our record was. That, you know, so I think that's one of them. You know, I think you hit upon the other thing is kids grow at different stages and different ages. I mean, we joke about, you know, Matt, Matt West and I've been friends for a long time and we were in sixth grade together um, and I was taller than Matt in sixth and seventh grade. Matt's six four, six five. Got a kid who's taller and he's maybe not super coordinated because he's grown early. Maybe his ball handling skills aren't great. Maybe his shooting skills aren't great. Well, let's just put him on the block and he can get some offensive rebounds and make some layups. And, and that may help you win some games at the fifth, sixth grade level. There's no question about it. But that's not helping that kid develop because well, maybe he does end up being six seven, six eight, six nine, but maybe he ends up being five nine, five ten. And all he's learned to do is offensive rebound, which if he's five nine, five ten, they might be telling him to get back anyways when he gets older <laughs> and finish around the rim, you know, on stick back. So I, I think those things and you know, we try to talk to our feeder coaches in our junior warrior programs, uh, you know, think players, not plays. You know, can you develop players? Um it's easy to find. There's a bunch of plays that are all really good plays on the internet. Um, not a lot of people scout, if anybody, at that level. So your set plays, your quick hitters, your out-of-bounds plays are going to be pretty effective if you can get kids to screen and be in the right spots. But you know, teaching a kid 30, 40 plays, uh, again, I'm as guilty of it as anybody 20, 25 years ago. If I were to go back in another life and do it again, I, I would hope that would be what I learned is we were way too focused on plays and not on players. And, and I think if if coaches, again, and it maybe you might lose a game or two. That's really good stuff. Coach, kind of wrapping up, what if you were going to pick maybe – you know, we talked about all those different areas of skill development. If you were going to pick something and you were talking to young coaches, to coaches especially, again, at this youth level, this foundational level, do you see anything that you think is the most neglected skill or, or something that, that really is get, get short shrift all the time? What might you, you say that would be? I think footwork. I think shooting and finishing are, are stuff that – a lot of people work on, um, you know, because it's it's how you get points in basketball. You got to put the ball in the basket, and so I think that gets a lot of attention. Uh, I think ball handling probably gets the 
kind of falls after shooting and finishing um, as one that people pay attention to. It's one that you can you can get a lot of guys going at one time and get a lot of balls going. There's a lot of different drills that are out there that are very good with ball handling, and it's obviously it's important in the game to be able to handle it. Uh, I think passing it probably comes after ball handling. I think passing sometimes is is undertaught. Uh, I mean, we're constantly telling our high school guys throw strikes, throw strikes, throw a catchable pass, throw some, you know, and understanding where guys want to catch it. Uh, it's a skill we, our guys got to get better at as 16, 17, 18 year olds. But, but I think maybe the least taught, and I don't, you may disagree. You're kind of into it now more than I am at this, uh, you know, kind of reversed from where we were 25 <laughs> years ago. But I think that maybe the, the non astute basketball person doesn't, you know, everybody could see if the ball goes, you know, in the basket or not. My, you know, my mother, God bless her, you know, she is not a basketball expert, but she knows if it goes in or doesn't go in the basket. And she knows that it is good when it goes in and not so good when for it you. doesn't go in. Yeah, for us, not maybe for the Thunderbirds. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, you know, I think sometimes that footwork gets overlooked. And, but all of them are so critical. And I, I tell our youth kids and our coaches this all the time. I don't think anybody signs up to play basketball to just set screens and to rebound. I, I don't think the game is all that fun if that's all you can do. You know, my understanding on your over 65 or 60 team, there <laughs> there's some guys that maybe that's the only thing they get to do is what I hear. But um, I think, you know, I mean, kids want to play basketball to dribble, to pass it, and probably mostly to shoot it. You know, the game becomes a lot more enjoyable when you can play up and down, when you can handle the ball, when you can pass to your teammates, and when you can put the ball in the basket. Uh, your kids are going to have so much more fun playing. And that's where I think I missed the boat so bad 20, 25 years ago was with all these plays. That wasn't fun for those kids, um, right. you know, to sit there and, you know, go 5-on-0 through all these different plays that their, you know, their coach who thought he was really good knew. I mean, what was fun was when they can get in the game and they could handle the ball on the open floor and make a play for themselves or they could – make a pass and make a play for their teammate or they could finish at the rim or they can make an open shot. I mean, I think that's the same for fifth graders as it is for junior high kids, for high school kids, college kids, guys who are playing professionally. The game becomes a lot more enjoyable when you have a skill set offensively. So I just think they're all so important. And, and I think it's how you get kids to enjoy the game more. Uh, you know, I just don't think anybody, like I said, signs up where they want to set screens and and go rebound all the time. Those are really critical, necessary things to, to be a part of a winning team. But those are the only things you can do. I think the game isn't near as fun. So I think all of them are important. I think footwork is maybe a little bit undertaught or under-focused on because it maybe takes a little bit more of a trained eye to see as opposed to just the shooting. Well, and I want to echo the, the footwork part, um, you, you know, and challenge. A lot of the, the folks listening to this are going to be coaches at the foundational level and just challenge you watch games this year your own games and and other games how many times a player will get to an interrupted dribble he's been dribbling he stopped his dribble and a problem is created because he simply doesn't know how to pivot even the point they'll fall down they'll try to pass by turning their torso and 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 without moving their feet it's just amazing and and so i think you're exactly correct it's undertaught underutilized and and hopefully uh you coaches out there will, will really use some of those resources to to help out in teaching those things so coach really appreciate you coming in obviously have over the years uh, really really come to enjoy 
working with you, the summer stuff we did uh, and got to do with the Crusader stuff all those years was was just a blast. And I think I learned more from you probably than you did from me. But appreciate you taking some time off from Warrior Land to come up here and talk today. And we'll definitely get out and see you go up and down this year. And I'll have a more enjoyable a more enjoyable seat this year and not have to worry about the results as much. Well, appreciate it. Thanks for having me out and echo all that you said. I mean, obviously, lots of very good years, uh, you know, uh, not only competing against you, but, you know, I, I always appreciated your willingness to to help not only myself, but other people, um, you know, who were working like heck to try to beat you guys. Um, but uh, that never prevented you from from taking a call or answering a text or, you know, being willing to share some of uh, some of the knowledge or insight that you had. And, you know, I think, you know, your contributions are, are probably throughout all of basketball in Omaha. I mean, obviously, significantly at Bellevue West. And uh, but I, I think there's many of us who would say there's bits and pieces of what Bellevue West has done that we that we've tried to take with us. So appreciate everything you've done, and hopefully, hopefully they lose a couple games with you sitting in the crowd this year. So, well, just don't give Foe any more ideas. That's my only request. You know, he he seems to have plenty of his own. So, <laughs> all right, coach, have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. We have free resources available on advisorgameplan.com. If you would like to gain access to our full version of client resources, please contact us today on advisorgameplan.com to explore becoming a client. Also, subscribe today to Thriving Sports and stay up to date with future episodes and more interviews with more coaches. Together, let's be thriving coaches that put the player first in all situations. See ya!